Welcome to chapel this Friday. It is so good to see everybody here for the very first chapel. My name is Sarah Dieter. I'm a senior interdisciplinary studies major. And this year I also have the pleasure of being one of the student chapel assistants. So chapel at Goshen is our opportunity to come together as a community of faith to pray, to sing, to hear God's word and to worship God. And we come to this place from a wide variety of backgrounds. This community includes Catholic students, Methodists, Baptists, Evangelicals, Mennonites of all kind, uh, people from other than Christian traditions, and folks not connected to any particular faith community. And from these varied places, we bring many different ways of connecting to God. Regardless of where you're coming from, we hope that you will know that you are so welcome in this place. We hope that this will be a place of challenge and inspiration, God's holy breath calling us to new creation. But above all, we hope that this is a place we can come together to experience more deeply the love and grace of God through Jesus Christ. So in the middle of a full semester, stressful beginnings, and for some, a new home, we invite you to take in the peace of Christ. As with all of our Friday chapels, I'm going to light this lamp as a reminder of God's ever-presence with us, participating and moving in our chapels. Let's pray. Holy One, thank you for this space and your people. In this corner of your world, we celebrate your love as we explore what it means to serve Christ. Bless this day. Bless our hearts. We love you. Amen. You could turn into your hymnal to number 26.
Now you can turn to number 226.
Serving Christ. Serving Christ is our campus ministry's theme this year. It's been a good first week of the school year, but it's been quite full. I'm a bit tired. And so then as I reflect on our theme, it makes me even more tired. I don't feel like serving right now. It's Friday. I'd much rather rest than enjoy the weekend. It's been a full week with long days. Something that, as students, you will, if you have not already, learn to appreciate, that you will appreciate in time. You'll learn the juggling act of a long list of items that need to be accomplished before the sun sets. And so at the end of the day, will you feel like serving Christ? What if serving Christ meant to be more restful? What if serving Christ required that we played more, that we slept more, that we focused on rejuvenating ourselves more? What if serving Christ actually replenished our soul rather than over-depleting our energy? I'm not sure how you begin your typical day, but something for me that is typical is to wake up, think about all that I have to do today, suck down some coffee, give me an energy boost to get going and attack the day full steam ahead. I can do mornings, but I'm not a happy, wonderfully jovial person in the morning. And so if you are one of those who sees sunshine and daisies all day long at the bright, in the morning, please stay away from me until the sun gets a little higher in the day. It's common for us to begin our days by considering all that needs to get done. The readings, the tests, the papers, the practices, the work study, the challenges, the cleanings, the reports, the budget sheets. The list goes on. Get as much done in a furiously fast, efficient manner before the day comes to a close. And so I ask you, what if serving Christ required us to be more restful? A Jewish understanding of day in which Jesus lived did not begin with the sun rising, but with the setting of the sun. The day began when the sun went to sleep in the evening. And so imagine how our lives would be oriented if we had an understanding of, I'm going to begin the day by slowing down. By preparing to go to sleep. Not a bad way to start the day, don't you think? Resting, slowing down. Now only if we could accomplish serving Christ with more rest, more calm. I'm struck by the verse painted on this year's chapel banner behind me. The first half of John 15:5 says this. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And the rest of the verse says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Emma Brooks, a junior art major, designed and painted this wonderful banner and selected the, this verse in John 15 as a way to unfold this year's campus ministry's theme of serving Christ. Emma brings out the rich metaphoric images and the vibrant colors found 
in this passage. Vine, branches, fruit are scattered throughout the entire chapter 15. And another word that is littered throughout this chapter is the word remain or remaining in the NIV or abide, abiding in the NRSV. The previous chapter, John 14, Jesus describes to his disciples that the way to God is by suggesting that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And then describes the active role of the Holy Spirit. And so in John 15, Jesus uses the metaphor of a vine to further push out his point. Jesus says in verse 1 of chapter 15, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. And then suggests we as humans are the branches. Verse 4, abide in me as I abide in you. Jesus goes on to say that a branch is not connected, a branch that is not connected to the vine will not bear fruit. In other words, the vivid colors and images that Emma depicts in this banner will be gone. They will not be seen. There will be no color. No deliciously red apples. No fiery orange flowers. No bright yellow flowers bursting with sunshine. No hints of bluish tinted vines and leaves. During Wednesday's convocation, President Brenneman described the paradoxical nature of servant leadership. In the same way, this passage bursts forth with paradoxical reality of what it means to serve Christ. If you want to bear fruit, remain and abide in Christ. If you want to see the succulent reds, the blazing yellows and oranges, the juicy blues and the calming greens, then we must abide and remain in Christ. Remaining and abiding in Christ welcomes us to pause, to slow down, to rest in the arms of a creator who truly wants what is best for the entire world. Remaining and abiding in Christ not only sustains us, it is our energy source. It is what fuels our service. But there is another paradoxical wonderment for me in this passage. Jesus wants to abide in us as well. Jesus, the true vine, abides in us and relies on the branches, us, so that the succulent reds, the blazing yellows and oranges, the juicy blues and the calming greens might become visible in our world. A sort of symbiotic relationship between Christ and humanity. As we abide in each other, fruit will emerge. If we do not abide in each other, then fruit will not be. Serving Christ, I believe, begins with us posturing ourselves to rest and place ourselves in God. Just like the setting sun starts the Jewish day, we begin by slowing down, by discovering what it means to rest in the loving folds of our Creator, by being connected to the true vine. Only if we are connected will the true nourishing fruit crop up to adorn the world and feed it.
You can turn to number 30 and you're seeing the journey. Just go right across the page to number 31. Oh, I'm sorry, that's later. Never mind.
I'm Emily Hedrick. I am the other chapel assistant, and I'm a junior Bible and religion and music major. And I'm here to talk to you about nurturing your faith at Goshen College. And as I've reflected on it, I've decided that nurturing your faith in college is actually a really hard thing to do. Um, college is a rough time in our lives when it comes to faith. This is a time when we finally move away from our house that we've always lived in. We start making decisions on our own. It's a time when we're bombarded with information and our carefully constructed worlds are shattered by the questions demanded of us from our intellectual pursuits. It's the time when we discover that the world is not as small or peaceful or black and white as we thought it was. Essentially, it's the time when everything starts to fall apart. So what are we supposed to do with faith in this stage of chaos and confusion? Well, there are a few options. One is that we could completely deny that the chaos and confusion is happening. How easy would it be to choose something that seems solid, like a belief system or even the Bible, to cling to as tightly as possible? And then all the spiritual activities that we do here at Goshen College and beyond could become ways to hammer this solid way of thinking into our heads until we're absolutely convinced that it's true. Questions, frustrations, doubt, fear would simply not be tolerated and they would be mainly for the poor, misguided souls who don't understand the things that we are holding so tightly to ourselves. Another possibility, completely different, is to withdraw. Use all questions that come our way to create a bitter cynicism to hide behind that has no belief in anything other than the fallibility of the human race. Every spiritual activity we would be in could be something to be observed as a sociological experiment or mocked and never participated in. Well, I can tell you I've tried living with both of these possibilities and they're horrible. Very stultifying, very deadening, and really just against what it means to live as a human being. To live is to change, is to grow, is to be in constant movement. So clinging to one thing, whether it would be a thought system that we've decided to keep from our childhood, or even throwing the thought system out and saying, this is our thought system. It's just static and boring. I don't really have any interest. Yet, what does it mean to have faith? To be faithful? I must be committed to something. I must have some sort of unchangeable core in the midst of all of the chaos. Well, I don't know if I have the answer to this. And on some levels, I think that's what faith is about. And actually, I believe we all have faith. I don't think that faith needs to be as complicated as picking something and going for it. I think faith is actually within us. It's that thing that enables us to get up in the morning and keep going because we think that it's worth it. Faith keeps us going despite the brokenness, fear, and pain that is often part of our lives. It's the spiritual stuff of the soul. So nurturing faith then would be first admitting that this faith exists, that we have it, and then figuring out what the faith is in and experiencing that. I have spent time nurturing and not nurturing my faith at Goshen College. And this is what I have come to learn. There are three main things that I like to keep in mind. And the first is to be honest. It's easy to hide. 
There are so many wonderful ways that I have found to pretend to be who other people seem to think I want, um, want me to be, and that especially pertains to my faith. We've grown up being socialized in our spirituality. We've been taught that we're supposed to relate to God in certain ways, and whether or not we actually relate to God in those ways. So we shouldn't be afraid to admit that certain things that are helpful for some people's faith journeys may not be helpful for ours. It has taken me 20 years of my life to admit that the concept of literally conversing with God doesn't make sense to my soul and that I can't do it with integrity. And that doesn't mean that I think that that's bad because I have so many friends that that is so life-giving and wonderful for them. It just means that that's not how I can do it. By identifying my own struggle with the practice, I have been able to discover many other options when it comes to prayer. Second, we should be open. Goshen is a diverse community. There are not only many different denominations represented here, but many different religious faiths and different cultures. Being honest with myself has allowed me in my own faith journey to hear the different individual stories of other people that may not make sense to me, but have expanded the way that I think about God and the way that I think about serving Christ. When I finally admitted that I relate to God in different ways than what I've I'm supposed to, I find myself free to stand in awe of others and how they interact. It is humbling. It expands the way I view the world, and it helps me get in touch with something larger than my expectations. Another part of being open is trying new things. We have various different ways of worshiping and experiencing God that we do together as a group on campus. Things like Tizay, things like chapel here, and there are countless other opportunities throughout campus ministries. It's fun and it's a good growth thing to do, to find these things and do them even if they seem unfamiliar. And finally, most importantly, it's impossible to nurture your faith alone. It's a journey that needs to be walked intentionally with others, not just peers, fellow human beings of all ages and experiences. College is a strange place in that all of a sudden we're eating, sleeping, and studying, and living with people all between the ages of 18 and 22. And it's really important to spread that interaction to people who are not living in that age range. When living in a place like this, doing that takes intentional work. In my own journey, I have simply sought out older adults as spiritual mentors for me, whether profs, faculty, or people from the Goshen area. I, might, I try to find the people I might want to talk to or correspond with about faith, and then I follow through. Now, that might seem a little bit intimidating. And actually, there is an easier way to do it, and it's called church. Church is the perfect place to get a variety of generations all in one building, and all who care about faith. It's like a spiritual friendship smorgasbord. It can also provide a stability to fall back on in the midst of this chaotic stage that we're in in our lives. And sometimes it's easier to just stop the questioning for a little bit and just exist in a faith community and allow them to pick us up and carry us for a while. Churches can do this. We're lucky to be attending Goshen. This is a place where faith is valued and encouraged. The college itself attracts people who want to live out the faith that they have and are willing to be honest about their own faith journey. Take advantage of this place. Talk to each other. Pay attention to the faith that you already have inside of you. Nurture it, be honest, be open, and don't walk alone.
So as we come to the end of our time together today, I would like to present just one final avenue of reflection and a bit of a takeaway activity. I'm going to read John 15, 5 two more times. And the first time, I would invite you to just simply listen to the scripture in the context of the words that you heard Bob and Emily speak. And the second time, I would like to invite you to listen for a word or a phrase that stuck out as especially meaningful to you this morning. The phrase might be a gentle reminder, a familiar challenge, or a focus for the semester. And after the scripture, we'll have one final closing song. John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15, 5. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We'll all stand for our final song. Um, sing the journey number 31.